0: As Natalie said, uh, my name's Paul, I'm one of the pastors here at King's, my privilege to be speaking this morning and continuing our Acts Preach series. So if you've got your Bibles with you, and I do encourage you, bring your Bible every week. It's good that you sort of turn to the different passages, find you'll, you'll learn to navigate your way around the Bible as we do that. We're in Acts chapter 19. And uh, so the book of Acts is in the last sort of quarter of the Bible um, and I'm sure you know where it is because we've been preaching on it for the last, uh, last few months. We are passionate to see Hastings and 1066 country transformed by the power of the gospel, aren't we? We, are, we, we want to see um, what God has done, not just impact us by having wonderful times of worship like we've had this morning. And I mean, isn't it, isn't it the highest privilege and the highest glory to God that we are able to sing out, I love you, I love you, I love you, Jesus. It's, 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 it's one thing to bow down in fear. It's another thing to maybe exalt and proclaim how great he is. But when he's won our hearts, when he's, when he's won our hearts and the result is that we sing out our love songs to God, the glory in it for him and the privilege for us is absolutely brilliant. And we are here, I believe, and not in heaven yet, not with him yet, because God has a purpose for us And that is to call hundreds and thousands of other people to follow Jesus and have the wonderful privilege of proclaiming, I love you, I love you, I love you, Jesus, and know the grace of God at work in their lives. That's why we're still here. That's what it's about, us taking Jesus into our workplaces, our family situations with our neighbours and demonstrating and proclaiming something of the good news of Jesus Christ. That's that's what we're about, that's what we want to see um, happen. And we believe the best way of doing that is to grow a healthy church that can bring the kingdom of God into our communities. That's why we're planting Beck's Hill. Venue. Um, So this time next year, Bexhill Venue would have been up and running for a couple of months. That's why we will be planting into central St. Leonard's as well. That's why here at 10 o'clock, King's Hastings, we're going to be regathering together. We're going to be rebuilding relationships. We're going to be replanting, re-establishing ourselves. Why? In order to fill this auditorium with people that don't yet know Jesus, but they come to know him as their Lord and Saviour. That is what we're about. And we believe the best way to do it is to grow a healthy church. If you read the book of Acts, if you read the epistles, what you find is that the Apostle Paul and the other apostles planted churches in order to see the kingdom of God come. That is the best way. But you may ask the question, well, what is healthy church? What does it look like? How does it work? Well, that's what I'm going to be looking at this morning. And in about three weeks' time, I'm going to do the other thing. I'm going to look at what are the ingredients that make up healthy church. Now, some of them are familiar to you, but I've worked hard to bring it in a fresh way because actually, in some ways with church, it's not always new stuff we need to hear. We need to hear the old stuff again. What ingredients need to go into building a healthy church? It's a bit like baking a cake. I am, I, by the way, I am an expert. I have watched at least two half episodes of British Bake Off. And I'm very disappointed it's moved to a different channel. That's right, isn't it? it has moved to, yeah, it has. And, and MasterChef as well. I mean, so I, I'm an expert. I know... But if you want to bake a really good cake you need to put the right ingredients in you need to mix them together with skill and with wisdom you have to place them in the oven and if you get it all right what comes out is something that is nutritious well maybe not always nutritious but, but is wonderful to eat wonderful to taste and, 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 and it entices you in you want to eat it you want to devour it And I believe in some ways that's a bit like healthy church. If we focus on the right ingredients, if we do the right things, God in his grace and mercy, as it were, will bake us to create an aroma that is attractive to those that don't yet know Jesus. If we focus and put the right ingredients in. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to focus on four ingredients this morning. We're going to look at some other ingredients in a few weeks' time. We're also going to look at what this baking is like. Anyone want to get cooked? Well, God cooks us as well. But then there's this aroma that comes out that has such an impact on society and on those around us. So that is what we're going to be looking at, at out of Acts chapter 19. But before I do that, I just want to share two bits of news because this is going to be a bit of a... What is healthy church but also sharing some news and then I'm going to share a piece of news just at the very end as well. So the first thing I just want to share and it's a bit of a, um, I, I know you'd want to know this. I know you would like to know what is going on in this area of church life. As you know for a number of years we have had a food bank operating that has been an incredible blessing to Hastings and the villages around. It's been led by Jeff Bill, and Jill's been really involved and an incredibly gifted um, an able team. Since December, however, demand has risen by just over 50%. So we have seen an absolute step change in what is going on. It's linked to the introduction of uni- universal credit, or we think it is, and it's causing significant strain on both manpower and food stocks. We estimate that if demand stays at present levels, we will need an additional 10 tonne of food over the next five months. On top of what we are already receiving. If we don't get that in, we'll have to seek God and pray and ask him to provide it in another way. So he will provide, I mean absolutely no doubt about that. But I thought you would want us to tell you first and foremost that we have a need we have a big need at the moment. So this morning we are launching a bit of a campaign we don't often do this sort of thing but we are launching a campaign and on the way out you're going to be getting a food bank shopping list what i would ask you to do is to put it in your bibles and the reason i'm asking you to put it in your bibles it means that when you're reading your bible morning by morning the first thing you see is the shopping list it will remind you to add a few extra items onto your shop and it will also cause you to pray for food bank for the clients that come and for the helpers that we need is that all right And what I'm asking you to do over the next five weeks is to either bring a five pound note, put it in an envelope, mark it for food bank and put it in the offering bucket when it goes round. So you can do that or to bring five items of food and put them in the offering bin. Now if we all do that, if just 200 of us do that over the next five weeks, that will make a significant difference to the stock levels and things like that. For others of you, you may feel, well, maybe I can volunteer, maybe I can get stuck in and help. Well, if you're interested in finding out more about that, go to the information desk, put your name down, and one of the food bank team will let you know. God has always been incredibly faithful to us as a church and to the food bank, but we are facing an upturn in demand that we have every intention of meeting. But to meet it effectively, we need your help, and we also need the help of the other churches in the town. So on Friday, we sent letters to all the other churches we we're in partnership with, which we could not run Food Bank without them, and we've asked if they would step up in the same way. So over the next five weeks, Five items or five pounds a week will make a massive difference to what we need. Gary Dyer and the team will be out there on the, uh, on the uh, sort of just with a bit of a table and with different bits and pieces on there. Please go and talk to them about what they do. They are absolute heroes. They do an incredible, incredible job. Um, bring that to your attention. The other thing I just want to mention to you is that the um, trustees and Steve have very kindly agreed for me to have a sabbatical this year. So in simple terms, what is a sabbatical? A sabbatical is an opportunity um, for me to have a break or time off in order to rest and to study. At King's we've had sabbaticals over the last 20 years for pastoral staff. Um, uh, They're taken every 7 to 10 years. They can vary in length between 6 and 12 weeks. Um, I've been on, I can't believe it. I know I look too young for it. Well, I wish, do you know what, I wish I could say that and actually say it with any chance of getting away with it, but I can't. But I've been on staff for 12 years now. Um, I've been leading the church for the last seven. And um, although things are good and I'm encouraged and excited about everything God's doing and everywhere he's taking us, it'd be really good to have that sabbatical. And so I'm so grateful to Steve and the trustees um, in, in granting um, that, that request. I did have a break five years ago when my dad died, but it it certainly wasn't um, a sabbatical in that sense. So I'm going to be off from between June and uh, August. I'm coming back for camping. Ashburnham, I wouldn't miss it for the world. Wall-to-wall sunshine, incredible worship, amazing teaching, great community. It's going to be like heaven, okay? Well, ish. Anyway, so I'm going to be back for that. So I'm going to have a time um, of uh, refreshing myself in God. I'm going to have some good time with Chloe um, and the boys. I mean, one of the privileges of this role, but also one of the challenges, um, is the evening commitment. So doing anything between three and five evenings a week. So it would be really nice to just have a run of evenings in. Um, being around with the family, so looking forward to that. I'm going to study something, probably Romans or Galatians. I'm also looking to grow my leadership and my management ability. So as we go from one church to two meetings to one church with four venues, um, I need to operate differently. I need, I need to grow my skill set in order to lead effectively in that. So I'm going to get some coaching. Um, the, the trustees are very kindly offered to pay for that, um, particularly my leadership, my management, so I'm looking forward to that as well, as I'm going to grow my ability to do that. Um, I feel in a good place, although I think as a family we'd really appreciate and looking forward to that time off. And like I said, I feel as a church we're in a good place. I'm excited about what God is calling us into. And this, this sort of, that three-month period provides a good opportunity Um, for me to have this time off before we go again. So before we launch Bexhill in January and push into everything we're doing there, and before we go again into St. Leonard's, which we will be after that, um, it just creates a good opportunity for that. So I'd really appreciate your prayers for myself, Chloe, and the boys, and I'd also appreciate you praying for Steve, and uh, a very gifted and able team. I mean, I can see, I see Janair grow nearly every time he stands up and leads worship. I mean, just the grace of God, the anointing upon him. It's absolutely brilliant just to see how God is leading and uh, growing uh, many of us in different ways. Brilliant. Shall we pray? Good. Why don't you stand? Because you look all comfortable. Lord, I thank you that you are with us in the worship. You're with us as we talk about food bank. You're with us as we talk about sabbaticals and you're with us as we look at your church and we understand it. And I pray for such an anointing, Holy Spirit, upon me and upon the church right now. Come, Holy Spirit, would you Would you just settle upon us? Would you enliven our minds so that even if we're looking at stuff we've heard before, it would come with a fresh anointing, Oh, fresh excitement. I, I pray birth a fresh hunger. Would this be a moment of decision for many of us? A moment of decision. We will make decisions this morning that mean we live differently when we leave. Lord, I really ask for that. Holy Spirit, empower us, meet with us. Come and have your way. We ask for that. Why don't you put your hand on the shoulder of the person on your left or on your right, you don't have to do both, and just say, bless you. You're praying a blessing upon them right now. We ask for that in your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Excellent. Take our seats. So we're going to look at the church at Ephesus and we are going to look at a whole load of ingredients that make up healthy church. I'm excited at what we're going to see as I was studying it and praying about it during the week and last week, the week before that. I got more excited. I felt I I saw fresh stuff in it and I believe you're going to see some fresh stuff in it and the Holy Spirit's going to make it live in you. I pray that the Holy Spirit welds truth into your heart this morning. Amen? Ah, this is very unenthusiastic. So I pray... That God world's truth into our hearts this morning. We're different on the back of it. Amen? Amen? Amen. Yes. So I keep, it's not Ephesians chapter 19 because there aren't 19 chapters in Ephesians. It's Acts chapter 19 about the church at Ephesus. And it happened in verse 1. That while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples and he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, Into what then were you baptised? They said, Into John's baptism. Paul said, John baptised a baptism of repentance, telling people to believe in the one who was to come after him. That is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they began to speak in tongues and prophesy. And there were about 12 men in all. The first ingredient to healthy church is we need to be birthed. We are birthed in the Holy Spirit. When the Apostle Paul got to Ephesus... He met this group of twelve men, and they were sort of talking the right sort of talk. But he realised there was something missing. And as he understood, and as he got to talk, what he realised was that they'd heard about John. Um, John's uh, They'd heard from the uh, John the Baptist, but they hadn't heard the full gospel about Jesus Christ. He noticed there wasn't something quite right with these 12 men. There was something that was lacking, and he asked this very insightful question. He said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, when you believe in Jesus Christ, you do receive, as it were, the Holy Spirit is at work in you. You cannot be born again unless the Holy Spirit breathes his life into you and opens your eyes. But we also need to live in the good of the Holy Spirit and be empowered by him because it is absolutely impossible for us to live the Christian life if we are not empowered and infused with the Holy Spirit. We're not meant to live, try and live the Christian life under our own steam or by our own effort. And what I notice are just three very simple things from these first few verses when we look at the first ingredient of being birthed by the Holy Spirit. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Do you know that he is working in your life? The person of the Holy Spirit and baptism in the Spirit is part of our salvation package. We are supposed to be empowered by him. And when Paul spoke to these 12 men, in verse two or three he realized they had not been filled with the Spirit. But by the time he hits verse six, he knows that they have. It is something visible. It is something tangible. It is something, not just an intellectual ascent, but an experience that we have, which may be shaped by our character and our personalities, but we know when the Holy Spirit has touched us, filled us, and empowered us. We are a church that 40 years ago was birthed in the Holy Spirit, We need to be a church as we go out and plant venues that continues to be filled and infused with the Holy Spirit. We must never be a church that just comes and goes through the motions or settles for an experience that is none at all, if that makes any sense. We just come on Sundays. We just sing a few songs. No. When I go to work, When you go to work, you need to know the anointing and the empowering of the Holy Spirit if you're going to be a kingdom witness there. If you want to be a good mum, we heard about that last week, didn't we? How challenging it is. We're not supposed to just try and do it in our own strength, but to know the anointing and the equipping of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit is at work within us, we should know it, see it, Church, please don't settle for anything less. Don't settle for a form of religion that lacks power. Keep hungering and thirsting after God. The church in Ephesus was birthed, was birthed in the Holy Spirit. It was in its DNA, the first 12 members of it. The Holy Spirit is a guarantee of everything that we will acquire. He is a down payment. You may have come from other church streams that don't really have a very high expectation of meeting with God in a tangible way, of seeing the sick healed, of seeing um, the Bible opened up as, as we read it and as we study it, to know our prayers empowered, to know our relationship drawn into a fresh level of intimacy. That, that may have been your past, but, but being here with us We we want to encourage you to step into the same expectation that we have of meeting with God, of encountering him. I would love the opportunity to pray for you at the end to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I would love the ministry team to have the opportunity at the end to pray with you to be filled with the Holy Spirit i merged the first two points of this one together, but just the third one. You know, it's possible to start with the Holy Spirit and then try and carry on in your own effort. That's what happens to churches in Galatia. In Galatians 3, verse 3, Paul says to those churches, Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are you now trying to be perfected by the flesh? If the last time you encountered the Holy Spirit was when Angela Kem came, you are dry. When you have your own times with Him, ask to be filled. When you gather in small groups and community groups, go with an expectation of encountering God. We don't just come to a meeting, we come to God. We come to a God who is living, who has risen from the dead, who dwells with His people. Therefore, we come. I'm not not just going to come in, listen to a bit of a preach, was it good, was it bad. Regardless of how good the preach is, I'm going to encounter God. You know, however well the band lead me, I'm going to encounter God. I'm hungry, I'm thirsty to meet with him. And the promise, the cast iron promise of the Bible is where two or three believers gather together in his name, what? He will be there with us. It's cast iron guarantee. So if you're not meeting with him Sunday by Sunday, if I can be so bold, it's not because he's not here. Are you hungry? Push in. If you come desperate, crying out, I need you. Life is so tough. I need you, Lord God. Come and meet with me. If I don't meet with you, I'm going to die. I need to meet with you. Birthed. In the Holy Spirit, to live the Christian life is impossible. If, if we're to live it how God wants us to live it, how he designed for us to live it, we need to be full and overflowing with the Spirit. I know we've heard this many times before, but I don't apologise for bringing it again. How thirsty are you? Or do you you feast so much on bits of the world that your appetite for God has diminished and diminished? Imagine if I said to you, no more food until next Sunday. You've got eat Sunday and then you've got to wait. You imagine how weak you would be by the time you came next Sunday. But that's how some of us live when it comes to being filled with the Spirit. We bounce Sunday by Sunday and wonder why the time we're hitting Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we're feeling exhausted and tired and weary and unequipped. There's nothing wrong with what's going on on the Sunday, as it were, if I can be so bold. It's whether you're eating during the week. Are you feasting on God? We're all priests. We read that in Revelation. We are a people who are priests. That means we come right into his presence. You don't need me don't need Steve, you don't need Ginnair. It might be nice to have Ginnair in your quiet time, mightn't it? You know, just in the, quiet your, the corner of your lounge, you know, you can just worship along. But we don't. That's the reality of it. We don't all get a little, little Ginnair who can sort of leave. But, but we don't need him. We can... We, we, we can all come. So that's the first thing I noticed, birthed in the Holy Spirit, my longest point. But there's three other things I just want, three other ingredients that go in and make in healthy church, and we pick them up in verses 8 through to 10. And it says then, And Paul, after this, Paul entered the synagogue, and for three months spoke boldly, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. But when some became stubborn and continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way, before the congregation, he withdrew from them and took his disciples with him, reasoning daily in the hall of Tyrannus. This continued for two years, so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. So what happens on the back of this Holy Spirit encounter? Paul goes and preaches and reasons and argues the word of God for two years and three months. The second ingredient is we need to be a church. That hears the word, that wrestles with the word, that understands the word, that applies it. Now we do the hearing bit, that's something we can do in a fairly passive way, but the wrestling with it, the understanding of it, the applying of it is a different thing. Do any of you like algebra? I liked algebra. Well done, Laurie, me and you together. I used to like algebra. Now if I remember many, many years ago when I was taught algebra, it started by the teacher at the front writing up a few equations, working it through, giving you the answer. What happened after that? What happened after that? They got me to write down some equations and have a go myself at trying to work them out. Then they would check my answers and if I hadn't understood something very well they would go back to the board and they would write out some more stuff and I would understand a little bit more. And then I'd come back maybe working in groups and see can I get my head together on this whole algebra thing. And then when I'd mastered it to a little bit more I might even go away and take some homework home and then I would write out some equations and I would do it and then it would get marked and it would come back to me. And again if I was struggling with it It would be explained to me. You know, when it comes to the Bible, that is a much closer illustration of what we should be doing than just a teacher speaking from the front. We assume because we've heard things like the words algebra and brackets and pluses and minuses and A's and B's and C's that we've grasped it, and then we go away thinking, well, I now know algebra, I'm going to go on to percentages or trigonometry. We need to be a people that wrestle with the word of God. That we take what we hear and look to understand it. We look to read around it. That we take it into small group settings to try and apply it into our lives. It's a bit like I was saying with the the whole illustration of food. If you only eat, you only get a meal on Sunday, it's a really important meal. It's a bit like a roast dinner. But none of us really wants to live off one roast dinner a week. You know, we may have some simple breakfasts, we may have some soggy sandwiches, but we're going to keep on eating through the week because it makes us strong. That's what we need to do with the Word of God. That's what the Apostle Paul did with the church at Ephesus. He reasoned, he argued, he worked this through into people's lives. That's why it's so important we come together midweek and we earth it in midweek as well. Now in the autumn, we're going to be relaunching our our midweek church life. Community groups have been absolutely brilliant and they have served us so well in being missional and reaching out. But actually we believe as well we need need an opportunity to gather together to build relationship and and spur one another on in love and good deeds and have an opportunity for us to really work through what the Bible says and come to an understanding of it. Church, we mustn't just be a church that are hearers of the word. We are blessed, not when we hear it, but when we... But we only do it if we understand it, wrestle with it and apply it to our lives. So important. Are you doing that in your own time? Come on. When was the last time you opened your Bible? Now some of you are feeling very cocky and confident. Did it this morning before I came. Others of you are pleased I'm not actually asking it as a question. And it's not, it's not to be heavy with you. But it's life. This is food. This is sustenance. It was birthed in the word of God. And some of my most transformative moments have been as I've wrestled with Scripture. So I love times of worship like we just experienced where I know God's presence, I know the Holy Spirit, God's presence, working with me and in me and encountering. I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. But I've been equally transformed as I've come to read, understand the Bible and it's like finding treasure. Understanding a truth I thought I'd nailed but as I've read around it again and I've prayed, as I've discussed it with a friend, as I've read a commentary on it and I come to understand it and I suddenly think, wow, and my understanding is changed, it affects how I live my life. As I understand the truth in a different way, church, I want us to go full out into all the things that the Holy Spirit has for us. Signs, wonders, miracles, the whole works. I want us to be a church that's firmly established on the word of God some of you are weak and struggling in life situations not all of you but some of you are because you're not doing the basics which is feeding yourself praying, connecting with God during the week it's life to you this is life not life when it sits on the shelf life when you consume it you make it part of you the third ingredient I love this, it's in just verse 10 the first bit this continued so paul's preaching continued for two years so that all the residents of asia heard the word of the lord how cool is that now by the way that is not talking about china or malaysia where where, where it talks about asia it's talking about a wet the a western region of turkey but that's still a pretty good thing eh? So for t- over two years, the Apostle Paul is arguing and debating and working this through with people that would come and go from the Hall of Tyrannus. And do you know how the whole of Asia heard it? It wasn't because the Apostle Paul had a TV ministry. It wasn't because he had a radio ministry. It wasn't because he printed newspapers and sent them round on camels. The reason the whole of Asia heard the word of God is because the people who heard it, who were persuaded, who understood it intellectually and it affected their lives, then went out to the towns and the villages round about and spoke what they had learned. They took it out. They became the Apostle Paul's hands and feet and made a difference. There is, a, uh, uh, there is a, um, uh, an example of this in the book of Colossians. So the church was planted in Colossae, not because Paul went there, but because a guy called Epaphras went there. He probably heard Paul in the Hall of Tyrannus. He maybe went in there on business every now and again. He went in to hear Paul. He became persuaded as to Christianity and the truths within it. And he took it back. And he planted and established a church. And you know the whole way that Hastings and 1066 country is going to be, impacted by the gospel I mean God could send a whole load of angels but I think in our society is much more likely to send us and for us to bring the kingdom of God for us to be his hands and feet for us to just be kind to people to bring peace into troubled situations to share something about the faith that we have to offer to pray for someone who is sick We're going to plant a venue in Bexhill, but do you know what? I really don't want it to be a venue full of Christians, you know? And the problem is, if we don't go and tell people in Bexhill about Jesus, it's just going to be full of Christians. When all the Bexhill people get sent off, God bless you lot, and we've got a whole load more empty chairs in here, we can stand around and be a bit annoyed that some of our key servers have disappeared off to Bexhill, and the worship's not quite such a good experience because we haven't got as many voices in here singing. Or we could think, I wonder if we could fill this up, not with church changes and Christians, although if you are looking in from another church, you're very welcome to be with us. But actually our primary way is people who don't know Jesus. Who are on a bit of a journey finding out about him. So the second ingredient is a church that goes out. And the fourth ingredient is a church for everyone. The last three words of verse 10 says this, Jews and Greeks. This continued for two years so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. These words appear so often in the New Testament that we can nearly miss them. We can bypass them. But the Jewish-Greek divide was the biggest divide the local church had to overcome. Jewish and Greek people didn't eat together, they didn't associate together, they had different customs, they ate different food, they were just two separate groups of people. They wouldn't have married one another, that sort of stuff didn't happen. And yet what was happening was in the church in Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks were becoming Christians and they were all meeting together, they were all doing life together. The biggest cultural barrier that existed in the day that caused separation was demolished because of what Jesus Christ had accomplished on the cross, and so they looked to live that out in how they did life together. Paul says in uh, in Galatians 3.28, There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus it would have been easier for the church in Ephesus to split into two churches. We'll have a Greek church and we'll have a Jewish church. But that's not the gospel. We live in a culture where there is so much mistrust and division. People with of different languages, people with different wealth, people with different education, people with different political backgrounds or perspectives so many different divides but when we come to Christ although some of them still exist they're trumped by the fact that we are now brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ that is the defining factor above any other definition I am now a new creation in Jesus Christ my ethnicity My financial status, my education are all secondary in comparison that I stand with my brothers and sisters and get to worship with them. Now, this doesn't happen by accident. This happens because the church at Ephesus decided to remain radically unified and they made deliberate decisions to remove barriers of misunderstanding and preference in order to be both both diverse and unified. Diverse and unified. What are the divides that exist? I've already mentioned some of them. Rich and poor, that's a massive divide. That is a massive divide between rich and poor in our town. You may think, oh, that's all right, we don't have a Greek-Jewish divide. Maybe not, but there's a massive divide between rich and poor. Different nationalities and languages. Young and old. At election time. Political affiliations. Whether you're pro-Brexit or remain, all of it comes a very long way second best in comparison to the fact that I am one new man in Christ with different nationalities, different economic positions and I need to break down preferences and barriers in how I do church life. I need to go and talk to people I wouldn't normally talk to. We need to go to talk to people who look different from us, who sound different from us, who have a different outlook on life to us. King's Church, do not come and just sit and talk to the people you know and feel comfortable with. Be radical in breaking down preferences and divides that exist. Get really good. And please, I don't mean any offence. Get really good at saying names that are difficult to pronounce. Don't hide behind that as a matter of embarrassment. That's why I won't talk to someone from a different nation because I can't quite pronounce their name right. Don't hide behind that. Step out of your comfort zone. If you are white, British... The main responsibility rests on us to be welcoming. Okay? It's really important. Practical steps, breaking down divides. Why? Because in heaven, we're going to be worshipping around the throne, every tribe, every tongue, giving glory to him. I want here to be a taste Taste of heaven. So four ingredients of healthy church. Birthed in the spirit. Wrestling with the word of God. Active on mission. A church for everyone. Four ingredients that will make a real difference. Real difference to the health of this church. Now, as you know, and as I'm rounding it up now, I just want to share a little bit more news, but it's linked to where we're at as a church. As a healthy church, we want to plant four venues. Hastings, Six O'Clock Church, Bexhill, and Central St. Leonard's. And with Central St. Leonard's, we said we would not go until we had the right leader. And since the summer, we have been praying, seeking God, and we have been in discussions with a couple who we think would be absolutely brilliant to lead St. Leonard's. They don't live in the town, they live away. They live up north. Another divide we will break down. And over the last... uh, Six months, really. We've been chatting, praying, interviewing, discussing, um, working, working this through. I am so pleased to announce that John and Alex Wales will be will be coming. Dan, would you be able to put the photo up? Excellent. So John and Alex Wells will be coming back from Hartlepool in the summer in order to head up the central St Leonard's venue as we look to reach that community. John and Alex were with us um, in Hastings before they led a very successful kids club which had um, over three hundred children coming to it, four buses bringing children in and out week after week after week he 's also led Alphas um, and led our youth for a season as well since they 've been in Hartlepool they 've done various different things um, but Um, uh, Alex has set up and run the food bank there and done an absolutely brilliant job John has done various things including school teaching Um, more recently he's been working with refugees and asylum seekers and we feel they, they as a couple who are passionate for church and passionate for the lost are just the right people to come back and head up the St Leonard's venue for us so we are very excited about them coming back. We think John will probably head back a little bit before Alex. Alex will stay with the two younger children just to finish off their schooling and then look to, start, um, look to come down at the end of term in order to join us. John will probably come a little bit earlier um, for two reasons. One, in order for Isaac, who will be starting year 11, to get a term or half a term in school before he starts year 11. But also because, as I shared earlier about Food Bank, Food Bank um, is at a massive stretch point at the moment. And part of John's role as he comes down will be to take on the leadership of the Food Bank. From Jeff and Jill who have done an absolutely incredible job as volunteers and create additional capacity um, in order to meet the demand that we are facing at the moment. So there's a chance that John will probably be coming down a bit sooner in order to help with that. I would pray, please would you pray for the church in this? Please would you pray for John and Alex? They've got quite a big housing gap. I think Hartley Pool is the only place in the country that is cheaper than Hastings to live which creates a bit of a challenge um, on that side of things. So please pray for them in that whole area and just pray that God will overrule and cover this thing. Wow. So we've covered an awful lot of ground this morning. I've shared a lot of news. I've looked at those four areas. And my prayer really is not that all of these four areas you'll take away and remember, but maybe just one of them will have provoked you. Birthed in the Holy Spirit, wrestling with the Word, out on mission, church for everyone maybe you can apply the word of god in a very simple way this morning by as you grab your cake and pay an extortionate amount of money for your no as you grab your yes as you grab your cake pay an extortionate amount of money give more than they're asking by the way do do that bless them with it as you've got your cake why don't you just go and find someone you don't know and say hello break down some barriers introduce yourself do something a bit different when we stand we're going to finish by praying lord i thank you church is your idea i thank you for the wonder and excitement of being on this adventure with you please would you continue to lead and bless us i pray fill us with fresh of your holy spirit give us a fresh hunger for your word give us fresh opportunities to talk to people who don't know you and give us the boldness to do it i pray and oh god would you make us bold even this morning just in talking to people we don't know I ask for that in your precious name, Lord Jesus. Bless John and Alex as they come down to join us. Be with us in it all. We ask that in your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Excellent. Thank you. Oh, in case I forgot, you should be getting one of these shopping lists on the way out. Grab one, grab two. Like I say, don't forget to be generous. Thank you.